Yo, if you thought the McCrispy was busting, hold up. Bacon and Ranch have entered the chat. Say hello to the Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's, limited time only. Baby, you're the man, cause you put it on me. Right. And every Weesh. morning, roll over, I feel you touching on me. Yes. I got another man, but he ain't like you. And I can be your baby mama, though I'd like to. <laughs> Call me real late at night when my men's asleep and take the red eye to the west side, up and down my spine. And now you feel what you've been missing. I'm so bona fide. Call, Call me. me. Oh, oh, where you need me, babe. You ain't got to worry. Call me. We can. We do. can do. We can do something. Oh, call, call me, call, call me. <laughs> yes, yeah, call See. me. <laughs> I, know, love I love some tweet. tweet. I love tweet. Very, and very I mucho. Seen, I, listen, I love tweet. I'm a fan. I've seen Tweet live many times. Every time she comes <gasps> to DC, I try to go see her because she's an awesome show. Awesome, 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 awesome. You know, I, that is one person. I've seen a lot of people live and Tweet is one person I've never <sighs> seen. And I think I would really like I to. Like, I wish is she tore. You know, she is. You know, you have to check, like follow her on Instagram. Check because she will be in little. She does shows. She be out here, and you know when I really, really know. I really get my. I always feel like a real auntie when I go to see the tweet show. Because and you know what my favorite. She usually closes with uh, uh, one of my favorite tweet songs ever. I found a place where Ooh. we can forget. Forget tonight. I found that's my a shit. Place. Hey, that's what you're saying. Are you ready? Cause I am. Yo, okay. Wait, auntie. she's touring, honey. She's Let me tell you something. West Get your Palm Beach, Florida. If you are around on April 9th, tweet is gonna be at Sundays with a Z. See you that's there. Right. Okay. I wanna go um, see T. I'm gonna see you next time she coming to the DMV so I can get my bookie tonight. I really? On. Yeah, oh, I really want to see one tweet. Let's go to place. a tweet show. Let's do it. Where we can boogie, boogie tonight. I found Is she not place. working with Missy? Her and Miss, are, do her and Missy not do any more work together anymore? Not that I know of, but I'm sure. I wonder what happened with that. I wonder. I don't think it's salacious. I, just, I don't either. I don't either. But I miss it. I miss them together. I do too. Because oh, that was that was an era. What a time. I mean, that album. I was listening as <clears throat> because as you all know, you know, it's everything. inspiration from whatever I'm whatever I'm on. And I was I'm I'm in my spring cleaning mode. So I had uh I put on I think I think it might have been an SWV song, ironically yes. enough. 
And the track radio that came from there was like a bunch of, oh, it was, it was SWV and Missy. And then I got Twee and I got a bunch of other Missy and Lil' Kim. Oh, like and a I, very good time. Oh, it was very good. I'm not going to hold you. I was mm-hmm. like, Title be producing, they be producing the track radio playlist. I'm not going to hold you. I know, that's right. How are you? I'm oh, praise well, the Lord, sister. niggas. Yeah, praise the Lord, all niggas. that. We, just, we were just all in the conversation. We didn't even speak to y'all. Forgive us. Didn't. Uh, you doing all right, sis? I'm doing all right. The the allergies are, are kicking my ass. The um, histamines came to fight. The histamines are punching me in the in the sinuses. It's giving but me a I'm good throat right. chopped. You know, we, we are in a deep in climate change. Mm. Um, we are deep, deep upon it. You know, uh, these people. These people have ruined the earth is what they've oh, done. Um, or they are in the process of diligently trying to ruin the earth. And so therefore it fucks with us and our immune systems and our sinuses and our allergies. Mm. And it's just an indication as to where we are. And yes, it's we are also at the very top of spring. So that's going to happen. But this year I'm noticing that it's affecting people who it doesn't normally affect. And yeah. Mm hmm. How we are have, you? We are, we are, listen, I don't even know what to say. The world is a wild place in so many ways. I'm doing okay, though. It's I'm a ghetto life, ghetto life. It's interesting, though. Uh, we do we do these, like, icebreaker things at our homeroom meeting, our, at, like, our all-team meetings every week. And um, my friend, uh, Samai, shout out to Dr. Keys. Uh, started uh, one Shout of the meetings last week with um, a question. Like he posed everyone on the team a question and he asked, um, I guess, hypothetically, if aliens came and uh, <laughs> invited you to leave Earth, uh, would you go with them? Uh, I just have one thing to say. Oh, Earth is ghetto. I want to leave Earth. <laughs> but what was ghetto. interesting? I want to. <laughs> there was like several of us on the team. And I don't. He and I were the only people that said, yes, we would go. Uh, everyone else was like, no, I love here too. I, I, there are people here that are relying on me. Blah, 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 blah. Me and Samaya both were like, Earth has done so poorly as it relates to treating black people well. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have yeah, anything has. to lose in seeing if the, if the water is better over in another place. Sign yeah. me up. I was cracking up because I was watching this video of this little girl um, and her little brother, and they were they had to be like three and four, and he was like he was like there's not aliens, and she was like yes there are aliens. She was like and we're aliens to them, and they're <laughs> aliens to us. I mean it makes sense. You're not using your brain. That's what she. She's was like saying. hello. She was like there is somebody on another planet right now, and they're sitting there like we are right, right. now, and we are aliens to yeah. them. And, I was and like, they're trying to figure out. Come on, thinking. Yes, it's just they're trying to figure out just what we've done to ruin this complete. Like we've ruined this country, ruined like, this what's whole wrong entire with that planet. Species? My God, I what mean, is just wrong with a that? history of, of awful ghettoness. <laughs> this poor behavior. But you're doing okay, sister. 
I am. I'm doing all right. I'm really happy with this spring clean that's happening. I know you all are like, I mean, is every season a clean? Yeah. Yes. But I really am in that, like, where you do the baseboards and, you know, you take everything off the shelf and you dust and you do like all of that. So and then that comes with um, that comes with, you know, cl- continuing to clear out and, and reorganization. I did. I posted it on my stories today. But for those who are not on social media or didn't see it because it's a 24 hour thing. <clears throat> I saw a really good suggestion where if you are doing spring cleaning, um, take your if you have luggage that you're not using any longer and you donate it to Goodwill, don't donate it to Goodwill, donate it to to uh, your local foster homes, because a lot of the um, a lot of the the foster children in the system, when they have to shift and move around, they use garbage bags a lot of times in order Mm -hmm. to move their stuff. And so them being able to have luggage in order to properly, um, you know, transport their life, essentially, would just make things just one ounce easier than what it is for them, you know, and they deserve some ease in life because they don't deserve the circumstances that they're under. So um, if you have luggage that you're not using or luggage that you plan on donating, please go to your local foster care uh, facilities and see how you can assist with that. And same with your clothing donations and shoes. And remember, there's so many teenagers within the foster care system um, because they are some of the last to get adopted. So mm. those are the ones who could really use our help. So we, I, I want to... I want to make sure that I spread that around and we're as diligent with that as we can be. For sure. But with that being said, um, we got a little trash, big trash to get into. So I think we should head over in that direction. Let's do it. All right. It's time for some basura, basura, basura. And uh, cha, 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 cha. We're gonna have some we're gonna have some challenging conversations today here on this trash segment because there's a lot going on. Um, first and foremost, uh, Jonathan Majors. So <clears throat> again, please keep in mind that we are now trying to record a week ahead of time, and so while we know a lot of this news gets out there, these are more so conversations that we think are necessary to have um, as it pertains to what's going on in the media. So as most people know, by this point, Jonathan Majors was arrested here in New York for uh, assault charges um, for, you know, an uh, uh, altercation uh, incident. I don't know what you call that in the back of a cab. Um, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation around, you know, the truth and did this really happen? Why is this person recanting this? Why are they, cause the late, you know, the police were called, uh, he was arrested. And I believe now from the last thing that I read, um, the young woman has dropped the the charges that really? she originally brought up. That's the last thing that I read. I don't know. I have um, to, admittedly, I don't know as much about the story as I probably should, but continue, please. I know that we have a history, uh, especially in this country, 
of um, white women lying on black men um, and, you know, we have Emmett Till and, and, and so many other examples that may not be as popularized as like mm-hmm. an Emmett Till. But I, I, I want to have a candid conversation because that is the case, right? That is the, that, that is the case a lot of, has been the case a lot of times, that has been the history a lot of times. But also that can't be the first thing we jump to, you know, um, when you there, there were markings and I'm sorry, trigger warning. There were markings on on this person's body and neck um, that that um, that suggested strangulation and so forth. And the thing about it is. We can love somebody all day, right? We could think somebody's fine and talented. We could even take it deeper and talk about family dynamics and somebody that you're related to and that you love, which is actually a situation that I have dealt with in which you find out horrible uh, things about that person and and horrible things that that person has done to other people, um, which can be mind blowing when that is not your personal experience <clears throat> with, uh, with that person. Right. Um, b- so that's on a personal level. And then you take a Jonathan majors type where he's a rising black man in Hollywood. He's attractive. He's a good actor. You know, he's, he's, you know, everybody's very excited to see his trajectory and it would be very easy for us to go, that white woman is lying because that is the history that we have seen a lot of times in this country. That doesn't mean that things are not true either. And we want to be really mindful about not victim blaming when things like this happen and realizing that unless you are there, unless you are that fly on the wall, we don't know what happened. We can get all the media, we can get all the news and all the reports and all the updates. And yes, that is mostly what we have to go off of, but we are not there. And you got to use your common sense too. Is somebody getting ready to put their own markings on their own body? Has it happened before? Yes. Is it common? No. You know what I'm saying? Especially around your neck. So while while it's not something that we want to believe, I'm not saying and I'm not saying that that it happened and I'm not saying that it didn't happen. What I'm saying is whether we want something to be true or to not be true, we still have to be subjective in how we look at it Um, it from all sides. And Mm -hmm. also at the end of the day, when we're not there, we don't know all of the details of what has happened. I can tell you all. I said it on Jaden XD a couple months ago, actually, but I can tell you that um, I've not heard amazing uh, stories or experiences from people that I know have who have dealt firsthand. Right. So when this news came out, I actually wasn't surprised to hear it. Wow. Um, I was disappointed. I'm disappointed because I don't think anybody should be putting their hands on anybody. I'm disappointed because I don't want to see a black man like this. Um, And I've cracked jokes and all kinds of stuff, you know, but I don't want to see black. I don't want to see that be the experience. But I'm also not going to say that this experience didn't happen because it's somebody I don't want to see, you know, do something like that. In the same way with that family member, it was like, I don't want this to be true. Because I don't want this to have happened to somebody. 
And I also don't want that to be what I know of you. But the fact of the matter is that it is, mm. you know, and I had to I had to accept that and then choose how I was going to move forward um, with dealing with this particular person. And so while it may not be as personal with somebody like a Jonathan Majors, I just think that these conversations are important to have because we immediately jump to, we have, you know, it's a polarizing thing. So we immediately jump to one thing or the other. And I think we need to take a step back a lot of times. There were many people who were like, Bill Cosby was never capable. And if you ever went and looked at, we need to talk about Cosby. A, first of all, if 50 people come forward and say, I was assaulted by this person, if 47 of them are lying. That means three are telling the truth. And that means that three people were affected by this. So I, I don't want to get into the whole like, well, this many people, well, this person, you got to, you, you mm. got to use your discernment, right. but we, we, we gotta, we gotta be realistic about stuff and not put people on pedestals <laughs> just because take, yeah. they are where we, we, we think they should be something when they might actually be something else. We have to take these kinds of conversations seriously um, and be diligent about not rushing to judgment without having the facts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even our faves, I should say, especially our faves. Especially our faves. Um, especially. We have to hold who we love accountable. That's yeah. just the facts. Um, yeah. And like, like Jay said, I don't know. Uh, we, we weren't there. We don't know. But we just have to take these kinds of allegations seriously and not be quick to dismiss anybody's um, allegations of abuse um, or violence, any kind of violence. Because, yeah. I mean, it, I wouldn't want anyone to, to, to dismiss me and that, given given like you said like you said given the history um you know we don't want to 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 go on the other extreme right we don't want to err on the other side of the extreme of sort mm -hmm. of like you know blind like loyalty blind you know right. we don't want to err on the you know we don't want to just like we don't want to assume that it did happen we don't want to assume that it didn't uh, exactly. That, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I struggled to get that sentence out, but y'all no, know what I, I'm I, I knew where you were going. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah. But I, no, I hate to hear it. Right. I like I yeah. said, I, I didn't know anything. I don't I don't know as much detail about this story as I probably should. Uh, I have to be honest, and I know you're getting to it, but like you know, there's so much going on in the world today. I have found myself overloaded and yeah, having to fair. take. Many, many media breaks. Yeah. Because for, for my own sort of health and wellness, um, I, I, I can't continue to ingest all of the bad news. No, so I, I understand. Am a, I am out of the loop. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite out of the loop. But, um, you know, listen, y'all. <sighs> Unfortunately, we live in a world where we don't know who's telling the truth ever, but, but we just have to be try try to be as as live live with integrity and be as diplomatic as possible. And I just try to treat people like I want to be treated. That's it right there. 
That's even it. in consuming I mean, information about people in the news. But I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, 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 no. I I, I interrupted you. I um I agree. You treat people like you want to be treated, including your your sisters mm-hmm. and your and your cousins and your homegirls and all of that because let me tell you something. If something happened like this to them and it happened by the hands of somebody who's rising and upcoming and placed on this pedestal, you would never want the world to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, they're lying because this other person has a certain trajectory. Um, And again, that is not ignoring the history of our country. I know that is, that is a, a big factor to consider when we have these types of conversations, but there is another side to that as well. And we have to have those conversations too. So I thought that was something important for us to just kind of touch on and have a, have a bit of a talk about. Um, but I do ultimately hate to see it. I hate to see it for anybody experiencing any of that trauma. I I just, I hate to see it. I hate to see it. Um, unfortunately the trash continues to get worse. Um, there was a mass shooting, a school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, um, in which both adults and children were killed by the hands of a 28-year-old uh, shooter. Um, it was a, a woman. Um, and I just... These conversations are tired and played. Um, (sighs) And yet it would be doing a grave disservice to not acknowledge not only the people who lose their lives in these situations or the not, you know, not only the families who are affected and the friends and the communities that are affected by these tragic, unnecessary losses, but also because if we'd stop talking about it, outside of the fact that our country is doing nothing to try to control this in the first place, mm-hmm. um, we still have to keep talking about it. Yeah. Um, I think uh, this this uh, this news outlets are reporting all kinds of different things. There was a local... Um, news outlet based in San Francisco that reported that there have been 39 incidents of, of shooting, um, school shootings uh, within 2023. Um, ABC News reported there have been, have, there have been 128 mass shootings um, so far That's this crazy. year. Uh, and we are just coming into the month of April. And so we are in the worst position Um <laughs> or in the worst place uh, I think that this country is, has been in um, mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to, to this. Uh, and what is most disturbing um, is that, you know, I was in Nashville a couple of weeks ago as I, I shared, you know, with my family. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I was there, my mother was telling me that there was an active bill on on the you know, getting ready to be on the on um, voted on in the state of Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. where you know Republican legislators were vying to decrease the age 
um, you know, where you'll be allowed to buy a gun from 21 to 18. That's a fucking crazy. Right. And so what was wild was, you know, of course you hear a school shooting and I heard it was in Nashville. So I immediately called my family to make Mm -hmm. sure that everyone was good. And, you know, and my mom was saying one of the wildest things was like, as the news coverage was covering the school shooting, the commercials about passing these, this new gun legislation, decreasing the age uh, were running alongside Mm -hmm. the news coverage of a school shooting. And I don't, um, like I said, I've had to, I want to also uh, backtrack because I remember you saying, um, the, the person, this, this, the, the shooter in this case of the most recent school shooting in Nashville mm-hmm. was a woman. I believe that the person was trans. Um, oh, okay. The person was born a woman, but it was a, but it was a, um, oh, a, trans, a trans, a trans man, okay. a trans man. Um, okay. so I didn't, uh, wanted to just sort of make that Clarify. distinction. No, thank you as well. Thank you. Yeah. I also, no, but, that's important. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, not not in, it not is to important, the, right? I'm not saying that that you know we will always want to properly uh, gender folk, yes. but I think it was it was it's interesting to me though to see that conversation happen because the news that you know that the has not handled um, uh, <sighs> this in a Sis. in. In a responsibly at all no like um, not to cut you off no. but it was a it was a I, th- I th- believe he was a congressman but i could i could be lying it's a politician in nashville though where they interviewed him and they were like okay so what stopped something like this happening from to to your child your daughter and he was like my daughter's homeschooled and we're able to do that. And if you're not able to homeschool your children, essentially, like, I'm sorry for you. But th- if you're able to homeschool your children, maybe that's something you need to look into. It's very flippant and very dismissive and very, like, this is you all's problem. Um, And it was just so disgusting. And that is the same politician who was also recently on the news, I believe on CNN, screaming about drag queens and how they're not going to tolerate that quote unquote mess. But you all want to decrease the age knowing and seeing like we can see it. We see it every other fucking week where where some young person has gotten a hold of a gun and is going and, and, and causing atrocities all over the place. And you want to decrease that. But you know what? Tennessee is they just made slavery illegal. I mean, just no, no, no. <laughs> like this year, like my entire family lives there. But yes, um, it is. So it's it's it is. I mean, just disheartening. It's just disheartening. Scary. It's very scary. So um, thoughts and prayers um, to everyone impacted by this. Um, the families of those who were lost. Um I think another thing that's scary as far as I'm concerned is I don't want to say how desensitized we're we're all becoming but I cuz I don't want to acknowledge I, I I still am very much affected but the ways in which these stories they have they're happening so frequently that yep. we're not even reacting or responding in the ways that we need to anymore because no. it just becomes very commonplace it's very regular now 
I remember being at work when the when the um, Virginia Tech shooting was happening, mm-hmm. and just when I think about our reactions. And yeah. mind, I remember I remember how mind blowing Columbine was. I remember Columbine. I, I remember think, Sandy Hook. I remember I re- all of Oh, these. sis, when I worked at Dizzy's, um one of the band, you know, we had different bands every mm-hmm. night if not, you know, one for a week. And it was one band that was going to be there for the week and and one of the managers came up to me before the shift and was like the saxophone player just look out for him. Because he lost his baby in Sandy Hook. Oh, Jesus. and I, I remember just how 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 blown I felt then, like for him and his family. And I remember Virginia Tech, and I remember Columbine, and like you're saying, like it's not that these are not. I mean, just heartbreaking stories, but but the reactions to them are not the same. As 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 they once were, like because of the frequency. And why don't you all just say that you want this to be the real life purge and that you don't give a fuck? I'd rather the government say that at this point than I I just I would rather it at this point than than what you all are what you all are doing. It's such a slap in the face. And it's such a slap in the face to people who have lost loved ones. Um, to gun violence and I'm so sick of thoughts and prayers like I'm so sick of fucking thoughts and prayers and that is all we have to give over it so I mean just I hope you all have the most easeful journeys on to wherever that next destination is because this is this the this nobody deserves this Mm-mm. and may the people who are flippant and dismissive of these situations and also encourage these types of situations may you face the ramifications of your evil dark ass fucking soul and that's it for the trash that's all i got for the trash this week um, let's move on to a shout out. My sister's popping right now. Like. Um, yes. So <laughs> our shout out this week is actually our wonderful guest at the kitchen table talk. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> he is very dear, dear, dear friend. Um, one of her oldest friends, actually. Yeah. It's Neil. Yes, me and Tanil went to undergrad together, Uh, literally met her on my very first day, freshman year. Um, And um, I'm grateful for uh, her life. And uh, she has an awesome story that she shared with us uh, around her um, uh, experience of being diagnosed with colon cancer um, in 2021. Uh, at the yes. age of 38 years old. Um, make sure that you check out the Kitchen Table Talk to uh, hear the full story. But, you know, it, it was it was a uh, chilling story, right? And that it was hard to hear um, uh, someone within our age group deal with something mm-hmm. so traumatic um, and that she had to deal, do, do so, you know, living in a city far away from home, um, away <laughs> from her immediate family. 
um, mm-hmm. and really negotiating the healthcare system as a independent black woman, um, you know, having to advocate for herself uh, in 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 spaces that you know were very dismissive and failed to acknowledge her uh, humanity and her pain yes. and suffering. Yes. So uh, check out the. Um, you know, uh, kitchen table. Tanil tells an awesome story of turning her, uh, turning her experience into um, work that you know is in in the, in the spirit and the same advocacy and awareness building um, for other Black and Brown uh, women like us uh, and just mm-hmm. people generally. Um, so shout out to Tanil. We're so proud of you. Um, she's now in school studying to to help to address some of the things that she experienced. So shout out to you, Tanil. We are very proud of you. We are grateful for um, your willingness to tell your story. You are absolutely saving lives. Absolutely. So make sure y'all check out the next Kitchen Table Talk. Here we go. We headed into it right now. Yo, if you thought the McCrispy was busting, all up. Bacon and Ranch have entered the chat. Say hello to the Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's limited time only. Welcome back, everybody. We're at the kitchen table. I know I say this every week because I really do be very excited when we have all of our guests, but this particular guest is my friend for real, y'all. It <laughs> Everybody's is. my friend, but this is my <laughs> friend friend. I'm very excited. I've been wanting to have her on the show for a while to share her story, but I want everyone to welcome Tanil to the kitchen table. Say hey, Tanil. <laughs> they can see you on Patreon, so whatever you just don't yes, pick your can. nose or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Tanil is one of my uh, close friends from college. We were just telling Jade the story. I remember being a very nervous 17-year-old freshman on the first day of orientation, and we had to take these English, I think it was either English or math. We took placement exams. Um, and I remember walking into my class and not knowing a soul and being like, oh, there's a black girl sitting by the window. That, and I walked up to her happens. and said, I'm Takia, and followed her around for the rest of the orientation. And, <laughs> and just here we are, 17 her. years later. I think that's beautiful. Sister. More than 17, child. Many, many years. <laughs> a little more than 17. Like, we'll take You're 20 years, you know, whatever. She's actually 23. <laughs> Isn't that I was at twenty three. Oh shit! I did my math all the way wrong. I had subtracted those three I, instead of adding them. Yeah, yeah, You're right. yeah. Twenty three. Twenty three years ago, but we um, have managed to keep in touch. And I wanted to welcome Tanil back because she has an awesome story to share. Um, by the time this, I believe, by the time this show airs, it will be just after the month of March. But March is a uh, colon cancer awareness month, mm-hmm. and. Tanil has a pretty dynamic story of her experience with colon cancer. So I wanted to welcome her to the kitchen table to share her experience and talk about um, her life and how much it has changed and hopefully raise some awareness. Because as we know, colon cancer disproportionately impacts African-Americans. And, uh, you know, you see that we are still very young and tender. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. But this is not something that impacts us when we get older, but it's something that is very much happening right now. Mm-hmm. So welcome to Neil. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you. So happy to see your face. It's been, I haven't seen her in a long time, so I'm over here showing all of my teeth. Please forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) So tell the people who you are. Tell them who you are, where you live, and then we'll get into the, get into your story a little bit. Yes. Well, I'm Neil. I'm originally from Boston, but I'm now in Las Vegas, a city of sin. We get it. <laughs> really crappy weather right now, but usually it's nice out. Mm-hmm. Um, desert, so a lot of people think we don't get cold weather, but it's, it's not major extremes, but we definitely get cold mm-hmm. here, but it's unseemly cold. Now. I see you have a sweatshirt on. Right. I know. It's and it's the end of March. It's not usually this cold, but it's windy. It was just raining, which I'm in the desert. What? what <laughs> so, but yeah, I've been here 14 years. So this is home now. I love it. You know, made a network of people that, mm-hmm. you know, thank goodness I have those people that I met years and years ago when I first got here mm-hmm. that I'm still close with. Same thing. It's really funny because I have a pretty similar story to one of my closest friends out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd been here maybe four months, uh, and I was at a, an audition because I'm a dancer. Okay. Yes, yes a very talented professional dancer. Uh, I was waiting for you to say that. Let me not. Let me not. About. My daughter would love you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Yes. Yeah. So yep, I've been dancing since I was three been professionally dancing for about 20 years now wow. so like she said we you know out of those 20s now so now the dancing is starting to see but yes <laughs> uh-uh debbie allen's still dancing you can still dance you dancing true i'm gonna dance until i can't move my feet anymore. i know that's right <laughs> that ain't happening no more so yeah what style of dance do you specialize in um you know a lot of people ask I know, I know, I I know. Love ballet. I'm not the best at it, but I do love ballet. But I guess what I do the most is maybe what the kids call contemporary. Okay. I've studied a little bit of everything, you know, ballet, tap, jazz, okay. hip hop. Yeah. Um, you know, which is so usually how it goes. I know, I know y'all y'all range, but I know you know some people start to focus on one thing. So I was like, what's your yeah. What's your focus, and what are you doing with your dancing now? Are you you are is it incorporated in what you do daily, or? So after the pandemic, I actually really uh, kind of stopped. Um, right before I was kind of dancing regularly, I was dancing at a club here, so technically a go-go dancer, but we did a lot of choreography, so we'd have rehearsals once a week. So it's more like a show rather than you know just kind of freestyle dancing. Okay. Um. So now I'm not really in it too much. I just started back school within the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I've been focusing on that more. Okay. Um, but if I do dance, it's more so just freelance stuff. Um, Vegas is not compete. So it's different than like LA or New York mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you have to be with an agency and only go to audition and stuff through that agency. Mm-hmm. You can talk to whoever here and go wherever. So okay. kind of like whoever calls me if I'm free, if I can do it, then that's what happens. So. I know at one point you were trained as a doula. Is that something that you're still I doing? Am, uh, I am a, a doula presently. I also specialize in placenta encapsulation. Okay. Which seems to be more popular than... Uh, I mean, it's all the rave. Yeah. Yeah. So 
know, I had a few clients that were, you know, kind of want both, but I'm not sure. It's usually the women are gun hole about it and then their partner. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) That's so funny. I was watching A Million Little Things on ABC. And, you know, you saw Maggie and and, and your boy was just having this conversation because she wanted a, a, a doula and she wanted to have a home birth. And he was like, stop it. Five. No way. Mm-hmm. And they were like going back and forth about it. He was like, I don't understand. Why would you not want to have your baby in a hospital? She was like, because ill hospitals are filled with germs and terrible Hello. things. And it's awful. <laughs> All the things. And it's <laughs> as you, um, you know, colon cancer disproportionately affecting, you know, black people. The same thing with labor. I mean, we're going into the hospitals and not coming out. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Twenty-seven year old, healthy black women going to the hospitals and not leaving. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. So I think everybody needs to just I mean the medical field is you have to really pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to know what's going on. You have to know your providers in your area, all those things. And I think that's things that we take for granted unless until you actually are in a situation where you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, I didn't think about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about you know, the fact that I don't know anything about this or this person is my provider and asked me these questions mm-hmm. or never you know, offered these, these services to me or whatever the case is, you know. So, I love that. And on getting grown, it's all about get, uh, being prepared. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth of the matter is no one ever teaches us how to negotiate these particular uh, experiences. It's, so the healthcare system is a tangled web of crazy that no one ever instructs you how to to navigate. Mm-hmm. And so um, we want to we love to host conversations like this to give, you know, regular everyday people like us just some some help some perspective some information that they can use should they find themselves mm-hmm. in a similar situation were you going to say something uh jade i, I, I was just going to ask um Tanil, so based off of what you were saying it sounds like you might have had a bit of experience um with having to be extra uh diligent um, and intentional with your healthcare providers. Was there an experience that you had? Can you take us a little bit through your colon cancer uh, journey and how that started? Absolutely. So the funny thing is, it, I actually hadn't. So like I said, I've been a dancer. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's been a working professional dancer knows that half the time we're broke. We don't do mm-hmm. it because it gets us money. We do it because we love like right. it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there have been years that I'd gone without you know, health insurance and didn't, you know, go to the doctor, but Mm -hmm. felt, you know, like you try to eat the best you can. And, you know, I'm regularly, you know, dancing Mm -hmm. constantly. So it's funny people ask me this and it's hard to really pinpoint the exact start to my journey with this. Okay. Basically what started it is, like I said, I've always been pretty active. I've always been a pretty small person, Mm -hmm. have like a crazy fast metabolism Mm -hmm. So from what I'm hearing from other healthcare professionals now, because, again, we get all this mixed information, you know, it's the general information. Yes, you're supposed to have like regular bowel movements every day. Mm-hmm. And then some, you know, healthcare professionals say, well, it really depends on your size, and your metabolism, how you mm-hmm. eat, so and so. 
So I've never really been, a, you know, a regular person per se in, in that sense. Um, and I think I it got to a point where I was working constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I was 15, 16 hour days. Um, meals were few and far between. And I really felt like my digestive system was out of whack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also am not, I need to drink more water. I, even now I'm like, oh, I'm always constantly like, I need water. I need water. Right. I need water. You know, your, your body. And I just felt off. I felt like something's not mm-hmm. right. And so initially I didn't really do anything about it. I just was like, well, maybe, you know, I need to eat more. I need to eat different times of the day or, you know, need to get more sleep, whatever the case is. Um, And then it basically got to the point where I was feeling like I had to pass a bowel movement and I would go and sit there Mm -hmm. and nothing would come out. Mm -hmm. And I all heard, especially as you get older, like you're not supposed to strain on the toilet. Right. You know, if if you like, that's not okay. Uh You're not not at the point where you're ready yet. You just, if it's a healthy bowel movement, it should just come right. Right. So I'm this is off. And it feels like every time I feel like I have to go, I'm sitting here, I'm getting to the point. And even then hardly anything to nothing is coming mm-hmm. out. So that was a little bit alarming, but again, I'm thinking, well, you're not really regular. Maybe it is something where you need to just drink more water or, you know, eat more leaves, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think right as the pandemic started, uh, I was like, oh, well, now I'm not working. I don't have anything to do. I do have health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, let me get a new, you know, healthcare provider. I need a new doctor. Uh-huh. Um, go in, get all my testing done. And mm-hmm. I did with those concerns saying, you know, hey, I don't know if this is something to be alarmed over, but, you know, I'm really not passing bowel movements. And how long were you experiencing that? It was going on, on and off for months. Okay. So it would be, then it wouldn't and happen. And, not. and so um, I expressed that to him. I'm like, I don't know when he, he said the same thing, like, yeah, you need to drink more water, you know, watch what you're eating, so on and so forth. So left his office, tried to do more of that, wasn't getting any better. So then I went back, had another um, doctor's appointment, went back and I was like, hey, so now on top of not really being able to pass a bowel movement, I was having, it was like when I could go to the bathroom, mucus was coming out. Oh, wow. And that was like, okay, this something is wrong. Okay. Because it did not, you know, even yeah. how it should be, it should look like right. school, it should look like I have diarrhea right. or something, but for it to look like straight mucus. Yeah. And then the point sometimes where I'd be, you know, just like on the couch and then I get up and walk around and I felt like the mucus was draining out of my system. Wow. So I went back to my primary care doctor and said, Hey, like, I know I expressed that, you know, something right. was wrong, but yes. now this is the symptom and this is like not right. So he initially told me that he thought I had a hemorrhoid oh. and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I don't have a hemorrhoid. I like it's not that it hurts and I know people that have had hemorrhoids and what they explain this is not that so he said well maybe it's an an internal hemorrhoid so I'm like okay well I'll go with that so he's like uh 
tried these suppositories. Usually they work. So I left, tried those. Those were not working. Went back. He's like, okay, you need to be on probiotics. I'm like, well, I do take probiotics. He's like, well, the ones you take aren't strong enough. So take the ones that I tell you to take for 30 days and you'll be good. So hold on, hold on before you continue. So pause real quick. So you're going Mm -hmm. back. You're relaying all of this information about what's not working and what you're still feeling. And not once so far has he said, let's send you into a screening for something further. The opposite. So one time I the office and he literally said to me, well, I'm not going to send you to a gastroenterologist because no GI doctors, because they're he's like, they're going to charge you money. So I'm not going to send you motherfucker. You're charging me money right, right now to tell me they're going to charge me money. You have insurance. Didn't you say you have insurance at this point? I did. So when I first started going to him, I, it's a weird, he's in like a weird network. So it's like, even if you have health insurance, they have like a weird, you pay an extra just to be in their network. Uh-huh. So your own insurance, but then be in their network and then pay like a yearly fee. And it's just supposed to be all this extra stuff that like, you know, oh, I have his phone number and I should be able to email uh-huh. or call him any day, which is a different. So when I first started going to him, I didn't have, but I told him, I'm like, look, in the next couple of weeks, I will have insurance right. because he wanted to do a bunch of blood tests just in general, not even related to the symptoms that I was telling him. He's just like, I'm your new doctor. We'll run a bunch of blood tests. Uh-huh. Um, and so we waited a couple of weeks for me to get insurance. He ran the blood test, but then was like, literally, no, they're expensive. I'm not going to write you out a prescription to, you know, I'm not going to send you to a GI doctor. Uh-huh. So hmm. I'm like, okay. So I take these probiotics and for the month and not, it's not helping. Mm-hmm. That's so, changed. That's changed. It's the same thing. And I'm like, I don't know, but this is not. Even if it, I'm like, I don't know if this is something serious or this is something simple, mm-hmm. but it's not cool. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I work at a pool. I'm in a bikini. I'm like, I can't be walking around <laughs> pouring out of me. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so I literally just, I Googled, found a GI doctor that was near me and just said, you know what? I'm just going to go in. I'm going to make, see if they make me, let me make an appointment. And just talk to them and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I called and luckily the first person that I called, they didn't ask me if I needed a referral because I've actually been hearing from a lot of people that they haven't been able to get in right. to mm-hmm. without a referral. Yes. So lucky that I was able to just call and get an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in, I told the GI doctor what my symptoms were, um, told him that I talked to my primary care doctor he wasn't concerned at first. He's like, I think it sounds like you have an autoimmune disorder or disease or something. So he's like, you know, let's just um, do a colonoscopy um, and then we'll just take it from there. Mm-hmm. Not, all, you know, me telling him my symptoms. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, we just got to do a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. So I go in, I get my colonoscopy done. Um, I wake up and there's a nurse there. Mm-hmm. And the doctor walks over and looks at me and goes, you have a huge tumor. You have cancer. Sorry. And kind of just walks away. 
And I get upset every time I hear the story. <laughs> I just get, I get. I'm waking up from this colonoscopy. It put you to sleep. I'm like, am I dreaming that this doctor just told me this? Like, what is happening? Next thing I know, the nurse is there and she's like, well, do you want your friend to come inside? Because my friend had to pick me mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, yes, please. Like, what? Because what the fuck? This person just told me I have cancer and walked away. Right. Right. What is happening right now? So my girlfriend comes in and she's like, Are everything OK? I'm like, he just told me I have cancer. She's like, is that what he told you? I'm like, yes. So they gave me all my paperwork. Um, she takes me home. They don't say anything to her. They don't give her any information or anything. So I get home and I'm reading and, you know, I'm just like, this doesn't really say that I have cancer. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, so there was no I- biopsy. There was no like, f- like, let me refer you to an oncologist. These are the next steps. Nothing. Right. So none of that initially right after my colonoscopy. So like I said, I go home, I, you know, halfway awake, half asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I sleep it off. I get up the next day and I'm like, I, I'm just going to go to work. I don't know. I'll deal with this mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And I get to work. I'm probably at work for about an hour. And then I get a phone call from a number that I don't know. And I pick up and the lady's like, Hey, I'm just calling to make an appointment with Dr. So-and-so. We're calling from the Women's Cancer Center. And my heart drops because I'm like, okay, this is real. Like, what? So I make the appointment and then I'm just kind of dumbfounded. I'm like, I don't know what to even do from this point because... Like I said, he kind of just said it to me and walked away. And like you said, there was no follow up. No. Do you have any questions or anything? These are the next steps. This is what to do. So I'm like, okay. So eventually he calls me. He says, you know, yes, you have a tumor. We did, you know, we're going to biopsy. So I'll get back to you with the results. So he ended up calling me back the day that I was supposed to go to my appointment Mm -hmm. um, that I had set up to go to see a surgeon because he uh, referred me to a surgeon that could mm-hmm. take the tumor out. Mm-hmm. So he calls me about an hour before my appointment with the surgeon and says, hey, the biopsies came back and they came back that there's no cancer. So I'm like, great, that's perfect. So an hour later, I go to the surgeon and he's looking at my paperwork and he's looking at the x-rays and he's like, there's absolutely no way that you don't have cancer. And he's like, furthermore, this is huge. And I'm not touching that until you go to radiation and chemo and then you can come There's back. so many like, steps here missing. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, we need to have a conversation about patients' rights because I'm ready to pursue <laughs> legal action. Like, what? I'm ready. I'm yeah, ready. So, and like, dude, an hour ago, somebody called me and told me I did not have cancer. And now you're telling me I need to go to, can- to chemo and radiation. Like, I'm, I was like, stop the presses. Can you give me a second? He's like, yes. So he comes back and he's kind of just like, I mean, if this was like a major problem, maybe. And I'm like, but it is. Like, I haven't gone to the bathroom in probably a week and a half. Like, this is an issue. He's like, but your stomach's not protruding. So, you know, if, and I'm like, I mean, okay. So I leave there and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Luckily, I had an appointment with another surgeon here. So two days later, I go to the appointment with her and she's like, stop. 
first of all, I cannot tell you if you have cancer or if you don't until I go in and take the whole mass out and biopsy the whole thing. Because she's like, it biopsies are hard with tumors because there's layers to them. Uh-huh, so yeah. they don't know, you know, if they take a little piece here, maybe that part is not cancerous, but somewhere else can uh-huh. be. So she's like, you have to take the whole mass out and uh, then we can go from there. Mm-hmm. So I go with her. I have the procedure done. Um, basically like a, a colonoscopy, uh, put you to sleep, mild outpatient. I wake up and she's like, yeah, so I couldn't take the whole thing out. I could only get half of it. Mm. So I don't know anything. So I'm like, well, I guess that's a good thing. So I end up talking to one of my good girlfriends from high school. And she's like, actually, that might have not been the best thing. Because if it is cancerous, now you've disturbed it and it might get more. Yeah. It has a spread. Probably gone in, assessed the situation, said, hmm, this is too big. I cannot take this out because they were just trying to take it out anally. Just kind of suction it out type deal. Uh, And the only other way is like a full-blown operation. She would avoid at first when she realized she couldn't. She was like, yeah, just now you actually have to have this surgery. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, well, I'm not comfortable going back to you because if you didn't know, you shouldn't disturb. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe. So now I'm like, great. Now I have to find another surgeon to get another opinion about what I should do. So I searched for, you know, a doctor here. I ended up going um, to California um, to try to go to go to a doctor there. That was a nightmare with my health insurance. Um. And so I ended up with my doctor here, actually, because my insurance didn't want to pay for the doctor in California. And so I got back here and I'm like, well, I can't just have anybody do this surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing is, you guys are telling me that this is this is something that happens to older people. And since I'm so young, everybody's kind of frazzled and all over the place. So I need somebody that knows what they're doing that's not in the mindset of, Oh, this is yeah. a 70, 80-year-old patient. Yeah. The quality of life is already, mm-hmm. you know, much shorter. So we can just go in, slice and dice. And as long as they come out alive, we're fine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, no. Somebody that's really, like, understands, hey, this person is, you know, in their late 30s, 38 or 39 at the time. I can't remember when, 38 when this started. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to, like, make sure that we can give this person the best shot of, you know, having the best quality of life right. for however many, you know. Um, so luckily, how I found my surgeon, same thing, Googled. I actually called a couple of doctors that would not take me on as a patient, which was crazy. They literally just told me no. They're like, oh, you've been seen by somebody else. Sorry, no. I'm like, yo, doctors' okay. egos are so fascinating I to understand. me. I, I was at oh, my yeah. chiropractor's office earlier and they had to call... One of the patients, because you can hear everything the friend desk is doing. So they had to call one of the patients, other doctors, for some results for something that they needed for for this particular office. And I hear the lady going off, the lady who worked in my chiropractor's office, because she was like, what do you mean? Why are you asking me what I need this for? I need the results at this office. Like, why can't you just send them to me? And so it's so fascinating to me 
that they're very like, oh, somebody, it's, you're not a tattoo artist, baby. I didn't ask you to cover up somebody <laughs> else's work. This is my insides. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. I'm comfortable with the person that I was with before. So, I mean, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Because also, and it's, it's crazy because like you said, like, they're also big advocates of saying like, look, you don't have to go with this person, even though, you know, I'm, you know, the receptionist for this person's office. If you find another doctor that you feel more comfortable with, by all means. Yep. But then trying to find another doctor, they're like, no, because you already went to this person. Well, I'm coming to you, obviously, because there is a problem. Yeah. So. Help me. I mean, I <laughs> yes. So what was, so what came from that, from all of that? So I ended up finding my surgeon he initially uh, was going to try to do it the same way without doing the, the major. He did a colonoscopy and he went in and was just like, no, like I have to do this major surgery. Um, and so I ended up having surgery with him in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. Really? No, 21, sorry. Okay. I'm like, what year? It's okay. The last yeah. three have been a fog. Yes. Okay. So November 2021, um, it they told me three or four hours. It was seven. Mm. Luckily, <laughs> we have great technology now. And so they don't have to completely split you open to do yeah. these surgery. I had robotic surgery, which is pretty cool. So they just basically poke a couple holes in. And it's almost uh, like robotic arms that go through the little poke holes that they make oh. and the doctor is actually sitting on the other side of the room controlling it in a little cubicle that's how he's doing the surgery so another doctor is kind of standing over you making sure stuff's going okay but he was doing it with a screen it's like the joint at the uh arcade when you've been like, trying to get the when you've been trying to yeah. get the prize with the little yo that's crazy like happening so like yeah we're gonna put a hole here 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 he's gonna sit over there he's gonna be in there and you know so wow. yeah so seven hours later um wow. i do not have a rectum anymore so yes people you can you can live without a rectum i did not know that before I had surgery i'm like isn't that kind of important do i need that <laughs> yeah. like, over here like wait i was like what does yeah. life without a rectum look like <laughs> i'm so i never thought i'd ask that question i'm so sorry whoa so because I'm like, wait, do I not know what a rectum does? Yeah, I, maybe I don't know like what a rectum right. does. Right. So your rectum is basically like a little place of reservoir. So as you eat and your food digests and everything, it kind of collects in your rectum. Mm. And as it collects there, it gets to be so full, and then the nerve endings go, okay, brain, I'm the boo-boo. ready to end. Okay. Yeah. Triggers you and you go to the bathroom. So you don't have to have it. It's just that I don't have that reservoir anymore. So it's kind of just like when it's go time, it's go time. Like, cool. Okay. It's time. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and it, honestly, everybody has a different, different outcome after mm-hmm. without yeah. it. Body, everybody's body's different. And then I ended up with an ostomy bag for three months. Uh-huh. Um, and for everybody that doesn't know what that is. So you can have, there are so many different ones that I'm learning about, but I had an ileostomy, which means that they took a portion of my small intestine mm-hmm. and pulled it on the outside of my body. Okay. And so able to urinate normally, but all my bowel movements came out through my intestine into a bag. Right. 
Um, so I had that for three months and it's literally like basically going back to being a baby and having a diaper because you have to change it multiple times a day, uh, empty the bag. I could do a whole segment on that because there's different type of bags, yeah. how they different names, so on and so forth. And I was kind of prepped for mm-hmm. it. I didn't really want the bag because obviously it's just kind of like, no, I don't want my... Yes. would rather not idiot. deal with that, yes. Crap on my hip for the next. It's like, yeah, no, I don't want that. Um, and so I was a little bit prepped for it. I still was a little shocked when I had surgery because they're like, well, if you don't need it, we won't give it to you. So I was just one of those, no, I'm young and healthy. It's fine. They can do it without. And then I woke up and I had it and I was like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> Honestly, three months went by so fast. And once I started to get the hang of, you know, bathing with it mm-hmm. and changing it, you and then it's a lot of steps. I had to have um, a nurse, a couple of home healthcare nurses come and, you know, once a week just to help me dress it and change mm-hmm. it. And, and then, yeah, the three months went by quickly. I started to make little bags, cute bags that matched my outfits. <laughs> if this got to be with this for three months. I know that's right. I can't. So I had a little leopard bag and a black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a 91 with a little 90s pink. I know that's right. So I bought a whole sewing machine to make them. I was like, look. Black women will make a way. Won't we do it? And is it like attached to your body? So, yeah. So it's a whole process. So basically, um, it's basically sticks onto your skin. So it's, how do I explain? It has a base. Uh Some of them, the base is attached to the actual bag. Some of them, the base isn't. Okay. But it has a base that attaches to your skin, okay. like this really, really um, crazy um, adhesive. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of things. You have to make sure it's clean, make sure it's dry, so no lotion on uh-huh. it. Um, or your skin before you attach it. Um, you have to attach it right, because if you don't, as you know, you have that. bowel movements. Right. Yeah. It's... The thing is, all that acid is not used to touching your skin or touching this skin. Yeah. So... It can really corrode your skin. Mm. Really, you know, take it off and horrible like scabs and so on and so forth. Oh, wow. So you really have to like clean it well. You have to make sure that you're taking care of it. Make sure that you're putting the bags. You actually have to cut a hole in the back of it Ooh. where that goes over your actual ostomy, uh-huh. so over your intestine. And then, to think, but you don't want the hole too big, but it can't be too small because if it cuts off circulation. It's weird. It's it's really crazy. I mean, your intestines also don't have like nerve endings on your intestines, right? Which is weird. Touch and you don't feel it anymore. Wow. So you have to really be careful, you know, in showers and stuff like that, because what feels fine to you might be like holding hot water. So you might, you know, you can rupture it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many. The timing of this is so interesting of this conversation because. My grandmother, my other grandmother had colon cancer uh, years ago. She's been in remission for years and years and years. Um, And my other grandmother literally maybe four days ago had her bag removed, had had to have surgically removed, had to surgically remove the bag um, from uh, from from her body. And this was just a couple of days ago. So and I didn't ask her all of these all of these detailed questions. So I appreciate you being so open to share with us. The bag is, you can take the 
bag. But when the the operation to reverse it is basically them just sticking it back in. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, mine I had last February at my reversal. But the, it, it's just a whole process because they have to make sure, you know, like the, your surgical wounds have healed fully mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they can reverse it. They just want to make sure that you're not going to have any leakage and get sepsis. Oh, I mean, sepsis is, is crazy. Like, yeah. you know, bacteria gets in your system. It's kind yeah, of a kinda, wrap, Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a mess. So what's been the yeah. aftermath of since you've since you've had the cancer and are you in remission how was it affected how you've gone was it all in the mass like did you have to do any sort of treatment after the mass was removed it completely luckily i caught it early so i was stage one okay so one or two i believe um once you have surgery they consider that you you should be fine they've taken it all because it's usually Stage one or two, it's usually contained in the okay. mass. Mm-hmm. So you surgery, we'll remove it. Um, they did tell me if I was stage three or if they saw, you know, anything weird, any way that I may have to do radiation, but I ended up not having to, thankfully. Okay. Um, so technically, yes, right now I'm in remission. Uh, for the next three years, they told me I had to get a colonoscopy once a year. Mm-hmm. The last time, though, that I went for my yearly checkup, they actually found... So my, my tumor actually started off as a polyp. Mm-hmm. And I mean, polyps are kind of pretty normal. Oh, yeah. You find them in colonoscopy, they can pluck them as long as they're small enough, mm-hmm. you can pluck them in there. So they did find, um, I think, one or two polyps, and they were small enough to pluck in my last colonoscopy. But when they biopsied them, they were like the step before cancer. So they're just trying to be diligent and figure out, like, why am I getting these polyps and why are they so readily because after completely clearing out my system a year prior, I probably shouldn't have had any polyps. So now I go every six months. So I actually have an appointment to go in the next few weeks okay. to go for a six month rather than a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no polyps or nothing that looks strange. Then I can go back to yearly for the next couple of years. And then if I stay clean after three years and I'll should be okay. okay. But yeah. Okay. So we, we're just taking it one day yeah. at a time. Yeah. It's, you know, post-surgery too, it's hard because I think people just, they lock into cancer mm-hmm. and just immediately think uh, chemo or radiation. Yeah. It's hard for people to conceptualize that because I did not have to have chemo or radiation, that just because I had surgery that like, oh, you're good now. Cool. Done. And it's, I wish yeah. it were that easy. You know, my system still has to get yeah. used to functioning again because for so long before I had surgery, mm-hmm. you know, th- what basically was happening is that the tumor was the size of a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And it was basically blocking my passageway. So that's why I could not go to that. Wow. Okay. But they removed it and I had the ostomy back. So then for three months... I didn't go to the bathroom mm-hmm. regularly. Mm-hmm. So once I got it reversed, now my system's like, oh, wait, we have to figure out how to do this mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. because we've been just chewing for the past three months, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, I, like Jay said, we really appreciate you coming and sharing your story. I think yeah. for so many of us, you know, we're living life. We're in our 30s and 20s and 30s and we're busy Mm -hmm. and we don't always pay attention to our bodies 
Um, or we think that, you know, these things won't happen until much later. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just so many lessons, right? And so I want to make sure that we are, you know, we don't share stories like this to scare anybody yeah. or to make you feel like, oh my God, don't mind want to hear this. We know that this is uncomfortable, but this is sort of like real adult shit, if, we, if you will, Absolutely. right? So like all of the, all of the warning signs and shout out to you for like, listening to your body and being so diligent mm-hmm. and advocating for yourself mm-hmm. because you have to go through a lot of no's. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate that, especially for black women, yes. we are so often disregarded mm-hmm. by the healthcare system. And and we almost have to demand yep. uh, to be taken seriously. And, you know, I don't know, just what advice do you have for anyone who may be listening, yes, who uh, you know may may have heard this conversation and want to take some action, um, any any advice for anybody, not just dealing with an issue like yours, mm-hmm. but just generally around health. Right. Well, the first thing I would say is honestly, don't freak out until it's time to freak out, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes too, people something's off and. You say, I know this isn't right, but you freak yourself out so much that you don't want to hear yeah. the bad. So then they just don't do anything. Uh-huh. So first thing is like, just try to calm your nerves and say, okay, I'm going to be prepared for whatever it is. But if you know something's not right in your body, mm-hmm. go to your health care professional, you know, voice those concerns. And I would say, you know, a lot of times my story is unique, but not unique at the same time, mm-hmm. I guess. So there are times where you're going to go. And of course, there are plenty of people that, oh, I had this issue, went, the doctor said it was fine, and it was. Mm-hmm. But like, again, listen to your body. If you go to a healthcare professional and they, you know, tell you, you know, you, oh, nothing's wrong with you, or they tell you, it's A, mm-hmm. and you start A, but your symptoms are not going away, then maybe it's not that, mm-hmm. you know? So just honestly be an advocate for yourself because you're the only person that's going to advocate for yourself the hardest. Yeah. No can go hard like that for you. So you got to just listen to your body. Mm-hmm. You have to say, okay, I know this isn't right. And it might be uncomfortable. Like you said, these are not the most comfortable situations to be in not the most comfortable conversation to go into your doctor and be like, Hey, I haven't taken a crap in X amount of time. Mm-hmm. What's up? Mm-hmm. My first, one of my, my doctor's visits with my, the previous doctor that I obviously don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, well, yeah, give a hemorrhoid. I mean, take your pants down. I can check right now. And it's kind of like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So, but it's like, you know, obviously it wasn't, um, and should I have dropped trial in the middle of my doctor's appointment that I thought was going to be, you know, a five minute cool, breathe in, breathe out. You good. Right. Um, but it was, you know, uncomfortable. so, you know, it's like the weighing of, do you want to be uncomfortable or do you want to risk maybe not having your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, a, it's definitely, you know, now you really have to just be an advocate, but also just realize too that 
a lot of these things are happening to us younger and younger. Yeah, for and sure. We have to also understand science is ever evolving, you know, and doctors know, but they don't know at the same time. Yeah. And some of it's not their fault. It's just a lot of things are just, you know, things are changing. Absolutely. And right now, um, it seems like it's a, a, a rise in uh, people in their late 30s, especially minorities, mm-hmm. getting colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So whatever yeah. they're at, they haven't quite figured it out and they're still looking at an older person's disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I know that it's a, it's something you chat with Bozeman. There's been lots of people who have, uh, that we've lost to colon cancer. And I know even in the, personally, like someone in my immediate family had colon cancer and uh, I found out through my primary mm-hmm. um, that I needed to get tested um, and went through all of that. And I was telling Jade, uh, and I told you too, Tanil, when we were, when you shared your story with me early, uh, you know, a few years ago, I had to fight so hard, even with my insurance company, because they didn't, they like, you're too young. We need to understand why you need to get a test at this time. And thankfully my primary uh, doctor was, ready to knuckle up and advocate on on my behalf Mm -hmm. but uh you know i know it can be very challenging but there are things that you can learn um as a consumer Mm -hmm. uh by reaching out to your insurance providers um knowing your family history mm-hmm. and asking questions and being on with information before it becomes an emer- emergent, like before you absolutely need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned that through my insurance, through conversations with my insurance company, I'm eligible for colonoscopies every three years. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, I started, I had my first one, I think shortly after I talked to Tanil. So I think I was like maybe 38, 39 mm-hmm. when I got yeah. my first one. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and it's going to be time for me to go back pretty soon but you know knowledge is power use the internet to your advantage ask as many questions and like Tanil said trust your instincts and your gut and we, we, we know when somebody is lying mm-hmm. or, don't, or don't know mm-hmm. what they're talking about or when your spirit is unsettled Absolutely. like I just don't feel like you are the person mm-hmm. that so we have to trust those instincts because they are all we have. Unfortunately, the system is not set up in ways that demonstrate that it gives a damn about <laughs> about us at all. Mm-mm. Knowing your history as well. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed here. Actually, my surgeon asked me to be interviewed by the news mm-hmm. here, and it was a black news anchor. And she actually went to him and got a colonoscopy. And after she interviewed me, she was telling me her story and she was just saying how her mother passed from colon cancer in her late 30s or early 40s Mm. and the thing is is that when you so if a parent has any type of cancer um then their children have to get start getting screening i think it's 10 years earlier than whatever age you were okay so then they would technically they're supposed to start getting colonoscopies when they're 28 okay mm-hmm. and that's what i was initially diagnosed okay and, you know she was basically at that age where she should have started and it was so hard for uh-huh. her mm-hmm. Same thing. yeah like calling people and they're like no you're too young like we're not gonna exactly like we're not and so luckily she found my doctor and my my surgeon was like, yeah of course i will do your colonoscopy 
because you have family history and yeah, you need to know. So she's like, thank goodness I found him. But she said that she kept going doctor and doctor and they just would not do it because they said she was too young. Yeah. So it's very unfortunate. You know, I, I am the only one of my friends group that I know that has had colon cancer. But unfortunately here in Vegas, I have three good friends who are within 20 years of me that have had breast cancer, mm-hmm. different stages, different experiences. And it's just crazy. Like, I mean, one of the friends that have, has had breast cancer, she's four years younger uh-huh. than me. Mm. It's also just keeping in mind that all these things that we think, like you said before, are things that are not going to happen to us yet. This is something way down the line. Uh-huh. These are actually things that you do need to start thinking of and be cognizant of, especially when you start getting into your thirties. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. For sure. Wow. So how, how has this changed you? I know that, uh, you know, you talked about being in school. Um, what is, how has this changed you and what are you doing now that you weren't doing before all this happened? Oh, that's a good question. Well, <laughs> school's a big one. I mean, I was already going to, going back to school. Like I said, I'm a doula. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a midwife. Initially, actually, when all this started, I had started to take classes, prereqs for nursing, so I could go back and just be a certified nurse midwife. Okay. Mm-hmm. All this happened and school kind of got postponed. So now I'm kind of in this weird spot where I'm like, I do want to be a midwife, but also having an ostomy bag and having nurses come to my house that were not specialized in ostomy care. And sometimes I would ask them questions and they'd be Googling. And I'm like, mm-hmm. now I'm kind of like, well, do I want to go into uh-huh. wound care? Because it is different when you talk to somebody that actually has had an awesome uh-huh. dad, you know, um, it's a different experience. Just like me talking to my friends that have had breast cancer. It's funny because we talk sometime and they're like, yeah, it's so weird because our experiences are so different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were kind of told right away, like, you know, you have cancer, this is what stage you are. And it was weird to them when I kept telling them, well, I don't know. Like, they don't even know if I really have cancer. It's a total different ball game, mm-hmm. you know? It's just a different type of awareness. And then, you know, just changing my mindset to be like, how am I taking care of my body? Mm-hmm. And also just thinking I got genetic testing done and they're saying that it's not genetic. And going into my family history after all this, uh-huh. I don't really have a lot of cancer in my family and no colon cancer. So mm. it's almost trying to figure out like the root. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just something that I have to pay attention to, but definitely just being more aware of my body, mm-hmm. making sure that I keep, you know, make certain doctor's appointments, keep doctor's appointments going, say like, look, this and this and this is going on. What what could this be? You know, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So Wow, Janelle. That's so you're still on the journey. You're currently still on it. And yeah. we send you so much love as you are on yeah. that journey and and figure out, you know, what the next steps are. Um, putting positive healing healing vibes out there for you and um we really thank you for coming and being so transparent because like Kia said even though these conversations can be uncomfortable they're necessary they're definitely necessary so yes friend thank you so much for your courage for your fight yes thank you for just always being you know 
just Tanil's always been really transparent and just the real one of the realest people that I've known. You just always going to get the same person every time you talk to her. Oh, that's right. And I'm so proud of you for dealing with something like this uh, and doing it, you know, by yourself. And and you know, it is inspiring. You know, we can we can we can deal with hard things mm-hmm. and conquer difficult things even if we have to do it by ourselves. So mm-hmm. know that I love you. I'm proud of you. I wanted to share your story because it is an inspiring one. And I can't wait to see what what is next for you because I know that this is just, you know, you don't go through stuff like this for nothing. Listen, this ain't going to take you out. And you're our shout out this <laughs> week, actually. You're our shout out this yeah. week. <laughs> so I, I've been saying since... I had surgery that I may start um, a YouTube channel or something. A lot of people have a lot of questions and I'm sure I haven't even answered all the questions that everybody's going to have. And it's, it's so many things, you know, going through the surgery and, you know, even having an awesome is a whole separate mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, all I can ask for is that if one person's listening and goes, you know what? I need to go and get a colonoscopy or like, mm-hmm. you know what? I think I'm having some symptoms that are not okay. Let me go talk to somebody mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. that go do it just make sure that you are advocating for yourself and look out for your health and well-being because we're all here for a reason mm-hmm. for so sure. absolutely thank you for love you so that. much you love you all right y'all stay tuned for the next segment thank you to tanil for joining us on this kitchen table talk and we'll see you all in just a minute Right, we got an I know that's right segment this week on the show. And so my I know that's right moment this week. Shout out to Santana and I for the culture catering. We are coming to Europe. We're coming to Amsterdam April 22nd. I believe there are just a very small amount of tickets left. Um, I mean, I'm talking one hand. So if you're hearing this and you haven't cop tickets and you're going to be in the Netherlands area, (laughs) I never thought I'd say that. Um, Then make sure you come through to the dopest dinner party. It's going to be a good black ass time over in the white motherland. And um, (laughs) so, you know, we were supposed to go originally in 2020. um, And you know, think pandemic obviously happened, shut that right down. We're supposed to go April 2020. So hello. So shut all that down. So now we're finally able to make that happen. And I have to be honest with you, I was nervous then and I'm still nervous. (laughs) And I think it's, you know, it's just my own black American. I ain't been, and you know, I don't speak the language, but I'm gonna go over there and be respectful and, you know, I'm not expecting nobody to to talk to me <laughs> in English and I won't figure out how to do it. And I, it's going to be fine because many people do it all the time. So my mm-hmm. I know that's right this week was booked everything. First, we're going Portugal and then we're going to Amsterdam. Nice. So shout out to shout out to a very dear friend who um, gave up their space in Portugal for us to be able to stay and bought a ticket within Europe from Portugal to to Amsterdam. And it's like, okay, I'm really doing this. And um, the fact that it's all like being booked and planned is like, 
okay, this is actually happening. So I'm just really proud of myself. Um, You know, I know I can't stay forever in this country. Uh, I know I have to go other places. I want to go to other places. And it's, you know, sometimes you just have to step out of your comfort zone in order to experience other things. So that is my I know that's right this week. You got anything? Yeah, my I know that's right is not that exciting, but I am very proud of myself. Mm -mm. Uh, I repotted all of my plants. Shut your motherfucking mouth. No, I have been repotting Maurice Greenleaf. Oh, yeah. Yes. but That's how Maurice, we found out Maurice had a son. Yes, but I'm saying, so uh, I repotted Maurice and Junior, and I also have um, uh, a small plant downstairs named Josiah Greenleaf. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, everyone in, in my spring cleaning, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do was take care of my plant babies and we were able to get them situated and set up right for the new season. I love that. Raising the roof. I love that. Like a I real love auntie. That. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're ever going to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember raising the roof had us in a chokehold real bad? It really time? did. And I actually always hated that dance. I was like, I know everybody feels awkward doing this. Like, I know you don't really want to be doing this. I don't like this. <laughs> Bring back the Roger Rabbit. You know oh what I'm God. saying? I feel like, wow. Yeah. You have to be, you have to have cardiovascular health to do the Roger Rabbit. Or like the Tootsie Roll. Oh, yes. Now that was a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the butterfly. Not, but anyway, listen. yes. We will have to have a conversation about that because the girls be getting it confused. Well, shout out to the Green Leafs. You know what I'm out here thriving, moving on up. Well. You got them out We're here like the well. Jeffersons. I love We're doing it. Well. I love to see that. We're doing well. I love to see that. That makes me happy because Maurice was busting out of his shoes. No, he far got a too new long. Like, but he was good. I, I, we did that last. <laughs> you did. No, you so did. So I don't want people to think that I'm an unfit mother. He has been no. set up right. I just now, gave I want him y'all to know that he got to the point where I was finna call Mariah Carey on Kia. But I fresh, but, I, I, but you I made it right. And I gave him a brand new pot. It's much deeper. You and did. He is, he is, he is, he is ready. Thriving and surviving. You All right. Well, let's move on to this black woman self care, not to be confused with I know that's right. I deserve. Oh, oh, yeah. All right, in Black Women's Self-Care and in the spirit of our kitchen table talk, we had a conversation about general health care, taking care of ourselves. Not only is it, as the seasons change, time for us to clean um, our homes, it's also time to check in with our bodies. In the spirit of Black Women's Self-Care, I made my appointments. I I went to the dentist. I got a cleaning. Also made Mm -hmm. my appointment with my OB, with my my GYN, not OB because ain't no babies. But <laughs> with my GYN, <laughs> who happens to be an OB, but yes. And yes. Um, uh, also made my appointments to the eye doctor uh, and all the other specialists that I go and see. I made my appointments so that I can get my checkups and check-ins um, all squared away for the year. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Go ahead, sis. That's what you should be doing. That's what we all should be doing. I actually Very called my... Uh, 
my GYN today as well mm-hmm. um, to set up some some screenings and things. So got to do it. We've got to. It's an important time. And if you didn't listen to the kitchen table talk, make sure you go back and do that. Um, my black woman self care this week is. I made Mary and I made a beautiful batch of rose water. Oh, nice. Um, yes. Well, like the whole distillation process. And I think I talked about it before. But the perfect thing about this particular batch is it, it is exactly what we needed. It was the outcome we were looking for. Um, the one before was kind of a test batch. So we noted all of the things that went wrong with that one and rectified them this go around. And this rose water, honey, is hitting, okay? My parents are coming this weekend. Pray my peace. Really? Um, Or by the time you all listen to this, my parents came. But yes, my parents are coming this weekend because Noah has a recital. So they're coming to come see it. And my father loves the rose water. So I'm going to give him a couple bottles. And I would just, it felt good, you know? Rose water for. Um, I use rose water. So this particular rose water that we make is not one that can really be used as a toner. Uh, Even though it's distilled, there's still some oils added at the end as well, just to punch up that fragrance a little bit more. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it is a nice layering uh, fragrance because mm-hmm. it's really light and it you know and it goes really well with if there's other scents that you're into if you're a perfume person if you're an oil person it's a really nice layering fresh scent to put on first and in the summertime we use the rose water to refresh ourselves so like if we're outside it's hot rose water is just a nice little like reset um there is a brand which I will use as our shout out next week. So make sure you stay tuned for uh, a rose water um, hydrosol that I use as a toner. That mm-hmm. is one of my toners. So that I will share next week on Getting Grown. Wonderful. You all can send your I know that's right, your black woman self cares, your honesty box question, and your shout outs all to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. But stay tuned because we have a new email coming to you very soon. Okay, getting grown is getting a BBL. And so <laughs> there will be <laughs> safely. <laughs> so w- there will be some some really nice refreshes coming you all's way uh, soon. There's a lot of things in the works. But yeah, in the meantime and in between time, send all of your segment input uh, selections and so forth over to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And let's close this on out with these petty peeves. Let's do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. <sighs> Okay, it is time for the petty peeves. It is time to put it on parade. Oh, yeah. Especially this week. So, you know, AI. Last week, it was you all in those baby AI faces. This week, it's actually personal. So, I know that AI is being used to, uh, is being used to replace a lot of jobs, including monitoring community guidelines and so forth on social media um, in order to try to make it more uh, expeditious, right? Because it can scan things and then be like, bloop, offensive. Well, Mm -hmm. these motherfuckers, I get a notification about a, a branded post 
from two years ago now that was for my Seagram's barbecue sauce. And they said that they took my post down for community for for uh, <clears throat> community guidelines and using offensive language. There was not a curse. There was not. Um, there was nothing. I was. I was like, what the fuck is offensive about barbecue sauce? That's so random. And from two years ago, and that's how I know these things are doing these random scans all through. You all need to be more diligent. About how this happens. And I don't like the fact that it's happening to a lot of black creators because they're not scanning for these white creators. They're not doing that. So I feel like it's extremely targeted as so many other things are. And I'm sick of the shit. And Instagram, put my fucking shit back. Oh. You're stupid robots. What's your petty peeve? <laughs> uh, my petty peeve is that I tweeted about this, but I feel like it bears repeating. Um, I am annoyed. That there are times when I stand and my Apple Watch does not acknowledge that I have stood. And, and I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. It tells me yeah. that I'm not standing while I'm standing. I don't I don't appreciate that. Um, yeah. It's fake news. It is annoying. <laughs> and I just wanted to share that it annoys me. That's you know all. what annoys me about those Apple Watches? When you've been walking for like 15 minutes and then the thing kicks in and be like, looks like you're walking. I'm like, bitch, why weren't you counting the last 15 fucking minutes? (laughs) It's very irritating. It is very irritating. I don't like it. it. I don't either. I was very hesitant about an Apple Watch for a long time and and using Apple Pay. But I just went ahead Same. and gave into the system as I'm sitting up here bitching and moaning about AI. I gave into the system <laughs> and now I use both of them. And my That's God, true. they have me in a chokehold. I mean, the convenience is unmatched. It really is. Unmatched. I'm like, what? I can go into the next track from my phone? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. And that, ladies and gentlemen and gentlemen, is another episode of Getting Grown. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thank so you so, so moment. much to Tanil for coming through and yes. candidly sharing her experience so that, you know, we have a very clear view of what's happening in our medical system and how we need to move um, in order to advocate for ourselves. So thank you, Tanil, for coming through and sharing that. Remember, once again, you can send your honesty box submissions, your shout outs, your I know that's right, and your petty peeves and your self cares and everything in between. Whatever you want to talk to us about, you can send it to Getting Grown Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you all tune into the Patreon for additional bonus content. And again, Getting Grown is getting a BBL, okay? So we stay got- tuned. Fun stuff coming for you all. I know we've been saying that for a minute, but now we actually have people who are working with us to make sure that those things happen. And so we're really excited to be able to uh, to get on that train. And sis, tell them tell them what to do and take us out. Absolutely. Make sure that you are moisturizing your mind by attending to the business that is yours and yours alone. You also want to yes. make sure that you are moisturizing your insides by drinking as much of the Lord's water as your body can withstand. Oh, uh, hello. Finally, uh, you want to make sure that you are moisturizing your skin because your black will crack if it's dry. Can't say we didn't. Tell also, you. if you buy Latocha's uh, gospel oh. album as well, that's probably true. 
Y'all take care. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.